All right. Okay, I'm done now. Shazad Salim, I am in. Uh, let's get this. Hmm. That's going to be a bug up. I wasn't very clever, but okay. Let's have a look. Are we in, guys? Are we in? Are we in? I think we are. Yes. Yes, we are. All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa la'aqibatu lima taqeen. Wa la'udwana illa ala zalimeen. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'atahu sahla. Wa anta tajul al-hazna idha shi'at sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika. وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته let's have a look and see who we have here to give a shout out to Sabira she's good there and Bram Zara يا أهلا وسهلا Zara I think you were with us from Leicester in the class right we're good to see you Sara Sara Marina is there ما شاء الله how you guys doing ميسرة سلمى السلام عليكم غسان MashaAllah. Mesa, because to keep it fresh for you, because Mesa, I know that you guys are obviously miserable up there in Edmonton. So I thought, you know what I mean? Let's bust a few angles, you know? Uh, Auntie Shakila, how are you doing? And then we've got Zubair Abid, Salamakumullah, Jamiran, Saadiya, Ijlal, everybody. We have Hasia with us as well. Um, Rashida Hussein, wow, wow, wow. And Amina Arif, MashaAllah. We have nice one, MashaAllah, Shafiqa. Shafiqa. Shafiqa making everyone do zikr yani, before we come in zikr fikr. Very good. We like that. Surah Bajin, guys. Maisra in the house. Malaysia smashing that representation. Dr. Shahzad Amin, how are you doing? Let's have a look. Ayan. Oh, yes. The Canadians are nice and early. Saqib in the house. Danish in the house. With dad in the house. By the way, I just want everybody to know that, you know, it freezes over in Calgary and Alberta and Edmonton and whatever, whatnot. Toronto has been like 15 degrees colder than. The coldest place on this world, yeah, which is Alberta. So I just want to give a massive shout out to the Torontonians holding in there. MashaAllah. Jodri, what is going to be our I'll tell you what the, the tangent's gonna be. It's gonna be al-bake and yani, how much big bestie that I saved yours of yours in that video documentary. Okay, that went live. If you haven't seen it, guys, it's amazing. It's absolutely honestly amazing. Mariam Khan, how are you doing? Anyway, guys, honestly, I just feel happy to be with you, even though honestly let so badly down by my technology, like complete let down. No idea how, why, who, what, but the OBS studio software completely uh, messed me up. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, oh, my goodness, Zainab, uh, madame, the madame is here. That's right. That's right. Sarah, your best friend, your alter ego. Right, minus 20 degrees C in Calgary. Yeah, only maybe just recently. Banuqa. Right, folks. It's good to be back. The technology does what it wants. It does what it wants. 
Right. Anyway, um, so I, I'm happy to be back. Like I said, I got a problem, and we, we're in all the whole normal scenario, but it just uh, it just uh, it just messed up. That's all. So we got the book, we got everything, we got all the creature comforts, we got the lights, we got the background, we got the heat. So everything is very, very good. Aqida, we have no idea what double two, double two, do, double two is, but it's clearly a code for the special folks. All right. We are going to do today. That's very nice, Shazad Salim. Oh, sugar, is it? 22 huh? That's not today's date. 0202. Yeah, I think you guys, yeah, anything. Yeah, it's 222022. Oh, let, oh, are we less than 22? Sick. Sick. 222222. Rehan, this beard has, a, a, a thing, a, a word of its own. I thought it said Mendy in the box or Henna or whatever it is. And it goes all kinds of colors. It goes a bit yellow, a bit red, a bit this, that, whatever. Like, you know, there's beer sabs. I'm going to become legit beer saban. Honestly, that's my big aim. That's my that's my, my resolution for 2022 to make some money. Do some of those sessions where I go tu, 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 in the camera. Tu, 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 tu. I've got the beard color now. You know what I mean? Just need a little bit more red. And then. Tu, 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 tu. Tu, tu, tu. Right. Um, let's um, start page 133. New folks are thinking what on earth is going on. Uh, this is just us having some fun at the beginning. Just a little bit excited because we're back, you know, back in the back in the hood. Thank you for Shazad posting the Telegram chat. Everybody who is not on a Telegram chat needs to be on Telegram chat. Obligation for people who are doing LP to find one a way to get on Telegram chat because we've now kind of stepped back from the email. And Shazad Salim, honestly, speak to the people who are in charge, man. We've got to get over to the email chimp bakwas, man. Nobody cares about it. Nobody uses it. Nothing. All right. Mesa, three minutes ago, posted the text that we are going to cover today, insha'Allah. Um, and it reads in Arabic, it is required for men to pray in congregation, that's in brackets, taken from the title, Bab Salatul Jama'ah, the chapter of the congregation. It is required for men to pray in congregation for the five daily prayers, but it is not a condition. It is not a condition of those prayers. It is recommended for border guards to pray in a single... Uh, oh, there's a line missing. Where's that gone? Is that in the actual notes, Mesa? Have I missed out the actual notes? And he he's able to do that in his house. I mean, we're not going to get there today anyway, but I mean, you know, just check if that's in the notes, whether you missed it out or whether I missed it out. Anyway, it is required for men to pray in congregation for the five daily prayers, but it is not a condition. He can perform it and it can be performed in his house. It is recommended for border guards to pray in a single mosque. For others, it is better to pray in a mosque that would not establish the congregation without him, i.e. they're dependent upon him, or then the mosque that has the larger congregation, or then the mosque which is oldest, the one that was yani, made first, yeah, built first. The further away the mosque is, the better, meaning, you know, to encourage you to walk and all that kind of thing. So I kind of explained the whole chapter, and now we can move on. All right. Um, yeah, it's not there. Okay, I forgot that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. 
is what it is. I'm, I must have, you know, forgotten that. I don't know why I forgot that. My apologies. I'll, I'll, I'll get that translation sorted. So we started the chapter. Uh, it can be prayed in his house. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's the one, uh, Mesa. Um, so obviously last week we spoke about all different kinds of things. Don't ask me uh, at all because I just had to ask Mesa a few minutes ago what it was. So don't ask me. But I do know where we're starting. We're starting with Evid. Oh, I do remember. That's right. At the very last minute, we said, hey, guys, should we just stop here and we take the evidences all in one go? And you all said yes. So I said, well, your wish, your wish, your wish will be my command. That's what we said. That's what we said. So let's start off with that then. This is the presentation of the Hanbali school of the evidences of why it is obligatory to pray in the masjid. We will speak culturally and 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 urfi and socially about this afterwards. Let's do this the Islamic way first. Let's deal with the Islamic reasoning behind why it's an absolute must to pray in the masjid. So we will start as Sheikh says, We're going to start first by mentioning those evidences which make it necessary, and uh, and its evidence and the evidences for it. Um, I think that's going to come later, Hadith, okay? Um, that's going to come later. Now, but, I mean, for, for the for the purpose of the class, Yanni, so people know, it's what everybody considers to be a masjid. And um, it is not, oh, it's not closed. It has unrestricted access and it establishes the five daily prayers. If it doesn't establish the five daily prayers and there's some kind of restrictions, like you've got these musallas in in uh uh and you got these musallas in in uh, in like city centers then those are not masajid what and who is manuela gusto kong i think what what am i missing right there <laughs> next level next level anyway don't tell me there's bots and things that jump into this as well now come on manuela identify yourself before i get my team on you yes Amal Kitab. All right. Sorry. Sheikh says so. We're going to start from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then the action of the companions. Okay. May Allah be pleased with them. Amal Kitab. As for the book, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Okay. So this ayah. When you are, uh, uh, this is in Surah Nisa, when you are with them, what's the number of the ayah? Good luck to someone. Yeah, find someone to find the number of the ayah because I don't have it. Um, so, uh, where is the thing? وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ وَإِذَا كُنْتَ وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةِ So when you are with them, leading them in prayer, Either this is addressed to the Prophet, we're on page 133 at the top. Okay, so, um, Sheikh, the audio is crackling. You sure that's not your stomach, uh, Shazad Salim, considering how much you've been eating? But just because I like you, I'll give you a chance and benefit of the doubt. Listen, listen, guys, don't all be jumping in now. Audio crackling. Do you realize this is Mac? Zainab, don't be don't be dropping me like that. Zainab, don't be don't, don't Zainab, listen. Choose your enemies and be careful about your friends. Why is it crackling? Hmm. 
Thank you, Mariam. Well said, Mariam. Free breakfast for you tomorrow. Okay. Banuka, well done. Image is great. You won't beat, so what? Image is going. People are going to laugh, bro. All right. I don't know. Okay, I mean, it's, it seems to be working fine, so I, I can't tell you. Why would it be crackling? There's no, it's not even a microphone here. There's not even a microphone. Thank you, Mariam. You see? That's exactly what I say. It wasn't even an issue before she said, now we see, now he's messed it up now. Yeah, he's ruined the whole class. And I'm serious now. There was no need to mention that. Okay. Exactly. 26 minutes in. Everything to do with Shazad. What am I going to do now? How am I going to fix this now? It's a, it's a laptop for crying out loud. I don't have a microphone. Shazad always finding a problem when there is no problem. I've I, I got no, no idea how to fix this. And even if I was to... No, I can't fix it. No. Shaz, why are you bring it up, man? You know I can't change the microphone. You, you're the one who says that it started on the the, the, the microphone is uh, is uh, set. I can't change the microphone or the camera because then you're going to have to refresh the page. She said, is that true or not true? That I have to refresh, you have to refresh the page if I change the input, audio, and output on the thingy. Hello. So if I have to change the whole page, so then you could put up with it, Shaz. Right. So when you are with them, leading them in prayer, then let a group of them stand up in, in prayer with you. Okay? All right? Thank you, Mesa. Verse 102. I knew it was in the middle somewhere. Um, all right? Right? Let. And that lamb is the lamb of command. It's used in the form of a, uh, uh, a a verb, but when it comes in with a a, a verb, all right, it indicates obligation and a very clear one in the Arabic uh, language. So therefore, it is indicating obligation. All right, it's for lamu. Sheikh says lamu lil amr. Okay, it is the lamb of command, and the 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 basic ruling in a command is that it is obligatory. And it is also emphasized by the fact that these people are being commanded, just use your aql, yani, they're being commanded to pray in the middle of war. <laughs> yani, and so imagine you're on the front line facing an enemy because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, in this ayah uh, explains the, uh, uh, the, the manner of what you're meant to, uh, how you're meant to pray when the enemy is in front of you. Imagine. And then when the enemy is not with you as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually, uh, 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 you know, just imagine. He knows that that you're going to be worried, that you're going to be scared, that yani, they are got their weapons and that you should have your Weapons as well. Okay. Let them be. Let them be. Yani aware. Don't get carried away in the prayer, which is another really interesting point. Yeah, there's so much to say about this ayah, and let them yani be on their 
that you know on their guard when it comes to the actual weapons as well all right so it's not just kind of being worried up here but you've got to be physically ready to fight okay yani if you think about this uh, uh, from an aql point of view you would say uh, just let them uh, pray when they get a chance each one one by one you know each one one by one let them pray but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when you stand up to pray then let them come and pray with you two groups one comes starts with you and then they finish off the prayer and get off and then the second group then comes and they start when the other group are uh, finishing uh, when the other group has finished and taken their positions then they come and then they stand with you and then you then basically complete the prayer with them so what happens is that you start the prayer congregational prayer two rak'ah prayer with them with the first group and you finish with the second group. So both groups get a taste of the congregation. Neither of the two groups actually pray full congregation with you. Neither of the groups actually pay a pray a full congregation with you. All right? And so therefore, I want you to mentally just think about this. That neither do they get even a full congregation. They're in the most biggest state of fear possible. They can't even physically get themselves yani, in a proper state because they've got, they have to hold weapons, this, that, whatever. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Okay, let then يعني, a, uh, uh, a group from them stand uh, with you and then start the prayer, finish the prayer, go, and then the next one then comes and then uh, uh, stands. Obviously, I'll cover the uh, the fear prayer afterwards. This is not what this lesson is about. This lesson is about congregational prayer because you would have thought that, listen, let the imam go and let some of the people in the back, let them pray a congregation and leave those guys at the front. All right, and then you know we take them off the duty. You, hey guys, it's our turn. So everyone goes over and we do a swap of the shift, and you guys come back and you lot pray nice and easy and relax and whatever whatnot, you know. And then we, uh, or, or you know, a few of you go off independently, knock out a few couple of prayers, and then you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, Allah says let them stand with you again to show the importance of the congregational prayer is above and beyond just the reward. Which is gonna weaken my own argument later on, but I'm happy to be weakened. Right? We talk about it's all about the truth here. Yep. The issue is more than just reward of congregation. There is something to be said for the congregational prayer in the eyes of the kuffar. It's meant to be something to be said in the eyes of the Muslims. It's something to be said. There's 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 things that are being declared from our congregation. Now, I just want to stop. I'm not doing this in the right place, but you know, I, I probably forget to talk about it later on. I remember at uni back in the day, and the 90s were like this generally, actually, right? Um, in the UK university scene, and I'll be honest with you, I've been off the scene entirely in the last uh, 10, 20 years or whatever, I don't know. But obviously back in my day, um, it was very much on top where, you know, we were very kind of, the students were, whether they were with kind of any of the more activist type groups like um uh like you know phosis or mass in the states but all the muslim kind of you know student societies etc uh whether they were independent or or connected or affiliated to whoever it doesn't matter but the point was is that it was very clear that we had to work to earn our right to have certain things right and we're always going up against the jewish society and the other kind of kuffar etc etc and um uh, uh, some of the ways was to pressurize them into giving us prayer spaces. 
And we, it was part of our tactics that we would intentionally pray our congregational prayer outside. The kind of uh, uh, peaceful tactics that um, that kind of started to become used by the masajid that had been run by uncles that didn't have it in them to either think of this or to do it. And then basically the young folks started to help them as well and use this kind of tactic for them as well. I remember the most famous one probably that I can think of is Finsbury Park. Finsbury Park Masjid, when they closed that one down after 9-11 or whenever they closed it down because of the Abu Hamza guy, right? And there was all these yani, people that were miskin left out without a masjid and, and other masjid. And the idea was always about making sure that we pray. And obviously, like I said, when we pray, it's a big thing, man. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Saf, when we're talking about yani, uh, pray, pray and get the, the, the prayer lines ready, that it's like yani, uh, uh, the, the, the line of war, like yani, solid and you know together and you know whatever. And of course, it's beautiful, but it's also it is also very thought provoking. I don't want to say terrifying, but it could be scary as well. But it's very thought provoking. It, it 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 emanates unity. It emanates strength. You get what I'm saying? That's the key here. It's emanates. It's sending messages, and. I think there's a lot of that going on. I think there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of social. Sheikh is going to speak about the, the social parts. They're obvious, you know, about making, keeping in contact with people, the weaker members of society. You know, you know, you've got some people who have are naturally, you know, extrovert characters, got lots of friends. By by the very nature of people, you have lots of people who don't are not like that, right? And they don't have lots of friends. And they're not cool and they're not loud and they're not funny and whatever whatnot. But they they just come to the masjid every day. And how many people do I know that I'm friends with that I know don't have a friend circle outside, right? Because I've got, they've got a respect for me and I've got a respect for them that these are the people who come to the, you know, the obligatory prayer, rain or shine or whatever, early or late, etc. There's associated benefits that make it clear that when in the Quran, yeah, it was good to speak about this first. Yeah, that when you go through the evidences in the Quran and Sunnah, don't just think that this is purely to emphasize just the right of Allah, which would be enough, by the way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligating it. We don't need to know why or how. If that's the cost of Jannah, then that's what it is. And if it's going to be a difficult prayer as opposed to easy cheeky one at home next to the bed, zombie prayer, as I'd have said last week or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if that's what the cost is and we can't get away with that and we've got to now make it a proper one, then so be it. But I'm actually telling you that there are unseen factors that are clearly at play that are more than just unit reward and cold obligation. There are social benefits that we're missing. There are subconscious messages that are going out to other people, confidence that are going out to other people. People are like that, you know. People are like that. I mean, uh, and the reason that I want to speak about this more, quite a better detail, is because of the COVID situation. Because it's, 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 well, certainly in our lifetimes, but I think probably in the last few hundred years, the ummah has not been afflicted by a fitna as big as this one, right? Because, um, yeah, we all know that each time that comes is worse than the one before it. The next time that comes is worse than the time before So we're just on a slope to the end, right? Until the qiyamah, it's just rubbish, yeah? And it's getting worse and worse. And you can think, you know, every, everyone's talking about, you know, that, oh, you know, at least in my time we used to do this. At least in my time we, we, we used to do that. Every day it's more bagheret Muslims, yani more yani shameful. They're all now, you know, the young folks and the young kind of peoples and whatever, whatnot. So you know, right? Deen is on its way out. Numbers are spreading, but the quality is ghawgha. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, like the scum on the sea. 
That's exactly what's happening right now. We're just the only froth on the sea. Absolutely meaningless. No power, no value, just numbers. We're being controlled and you know, by tiny uh, numbers of people organized with a bit of money. They're just you know, having uh, playing us for fools. That's obviously what was predicted. Uh, that's what's happening. And what's what was saving us were a few things along the way, right? The number of our masajid, meaning that there's always at least some people praying, was a, definitely a saving point. But the focus, the cultural focus on the jama'ah was a massive one. Even like, you know, the even the most non-practicing people felt really panicked if they couldn't come to Jummah. You get what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? And we all had the, you know, everyone is pro or anti the kind of titles of Ramadan Muslim, Jummah Muslim or whatever. I couldn't care less what you think or whether you get upset or not by Jummah Muslim or Ramadan Muslim. They're all waste of space anyway, okay? The point is though that they are there, they exist. Now you don't even have those boys anymore, right? Because, you know, uh, uh, COVID closed everything. And that, they got their excuse. And when they try to come back, they're not getting the easiest welcome back. It's not like, you know, it's not like a thing. I went to uh, Jum'ah on Friday. I'll tell you, man, it was irritating for me. It was big time irritating. Plenty of space in mosque. And there's just that pathetic, yani, you know, attempt at a gap. Yeah. So you're either distancing or you're not. Right. Either distance or don't. Right. If you're distancing, then do it on the flipping science. Right. Think about yani, the projectile of the thingy. Stay a meter and a half, two meters away. Put proper distance because that's what's going to minimize the thingy. What the hell is this distance? What the hell is that? Like, what the hell is that? Right? You're actually standing at the perfect distance to be gobbed in your flipping mouth. That's, what, that's, that's the distance. You've chosen peak distance to be infected. You know what I mean? 40 centimeters. Right? Now, wait. I haven't stopped yet. Yani, at least if you're so close, yeah, there's no chance to get gobbed anyway because you're so flipping close. All right, so you're close. So stand shoulder to shoulder to get the job done. If you want to go be distanced, then be distanced. Of course you're wearing masks. That's the whole thing, which is even more irritating. But anyway, just wait. Just wait. I don't mind if you're distanced. Either don't distance or distance. I'm happy. But don't do both. Don't do both. The masjid is a non-distance masjid. And yet in Jummah time, they're distanced. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The 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 Alani Qasim Zafar. I didn't want to go there. Alani Qasim Zafar. I didn't want to go there, bro, because it's my masjid, bro. But you know, when I go, when I leave the town for a couple of weeks, it goes so belly up, yeah. It goes so belly up. Qasim Besti it is. People were coming from far away, right? And they'll be thinking, is this AE's mosque? What a bagheret people. Qasim, a masjid that we fought to get rid of distancing for the front and you want to distance, distance at the back and that's fine. In Jumu'ah, where we need to get the people in and encourage them, then you're you're making a, a distance and what kind of distance? And therefore, you've got like 50% of the capacity because you're wasting 50% of the space and then they're praying outside in the rain. They're saying, you know what? Well, we're not coming again. We're not, we're not coming again. We're not coming again. We're already on the back foot. We're already struggling for numbers. We're already trying to bring people back. And this is the way you bring them back. I got no bro. I got no problem with them being distanced. Go back to the original system. Have three jumas. Reduce the khutbah. Reduce the time. Do it proper distance. One and a half meters and two meters. Bro, distance is up to the other side of the mosque. Like, yeah, couldn't care less. Stand over there. But then put on four or five uh, congregations like we did last time. Like we did last time. Increase the jamaat so nobody ends up like an idiot outside.
He doesn't want to come anyway. Then he comes. He goes, you know what? Forget this. Wallah, because I'm the one who said that. I said, you watch if I come back here again. I'm going to make sure that I find somewhere to travel on Friday. That's just that Salim's... Uh, that's just <laughs> that's just that line. Anyway. Anyway. No, it's not. Uh, let me tell you something. It's not Shazad Salim's line. Shazad Salim is the most loyal Jumar guy in the world. That's my line. I'm always yeah, and he's saying, Shaz, let's go and find somewhere to go and travel. Shaz, custom. Then he goes, you can't travel on Friday. Oof, bars. He drops the bars, heavy ones. He drops the heavy ones then. Anyway, so Sheikh said, uh, He goes, he goes that, look, he goes that if the people are, are, are in, in a situation, right, the vast majority of them are going to be like, you are, uh, go cognition now, these people are in front of us. Okay? Ghassan, don't get me started. Ghassan, don't get me started. I walked into, <laughs> I walked into CMA and the guy goes, can I take your name and number? And I looked at him like this. I looked at him like this, yeah? I just looked at him like this, and the guy just like, you know, he was like, what the fish? And I was like, wallahi, wallahi. And I just, you know, I just cut, I just, I just went like that. And I just, you know what it is? I swear to God, do not even talk about flipping. But no, no, there was no, do you know who I am? There was... There was you are you are literally wanting to die today. We don't have time for Janaza today, bro. Anyway, my own masjid name and number. He goes, What's your name and my number? <laughs> and CMA. And CMA. I said, Who the fish are you? I've never seen you before. I've never seen you before. Who are you, bro? I mean, this much every day. What you? What are you guys doing to me, man? We're meant to be studying, bro. So leave me alone. Right, listen. So he goes, they are going to... And subhanAllah, he said that not only are they so scared, okay, <laughs> like as if we're some kind of thingy that we have people who work. That we have people who work in our masjid. Everything is free civililah, bro. Right, so... Uh, uh, and he, I, also the interesting point that he said is that not only are they going to be too worried about the, uh, the the enemy, he goes, but when they do come to pray, they're going to be like thinking about what's happening behind. Yeah? And they're going to want to stay behind and keep an eye on the enemy. Right? And when they have finished uh, uh, their prostration, then let them take their positions at the back. Okay? So once you finish the prayer, okay. <laughs> you know what it is? It's true, man. That's and this is dangerously becoming like that. Okay. This is dangerously becoming like that. That, you know, and honestly, I'll be I'm telling you one thing now. Facebook used to be that place. Facebook used to be my weekly venting ground. Used to be blogs back in the day, right? Then Facebook, then Facebook banned me and cut my posts and banned me and they want me to keep boosting posts and all this kind of crap and pay money. I said, pay money? You should be paying money, you fish. I get like about 15 messages, 15 messages on Facebook every day that the admin passed to me, right? They forward me the ones that I need that, that keep saying, honestly, without any exaggeration, 
we will give you 3,000, 4,000, 3,000, 4,000, 3,000 uh, uh, dollars, US dollars, if you allow us to use your page. I'm thinking, man, this is what my, my page has become. And because I just tell them all to go to hell, delete, 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 whatever, whatnot, then then obviously the, uh, you know, they now block the paid block here, or I don't know what they've done to it, the uh, engagement or whatever. And I'm like, okay, you do hell, okay, look. I'm not too old for that rubbish now. I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I don't need to be having to speak the whole world. Why is it I do, I do not need to? It makes sense now. It's because of this uh, uh, class. This class has now become my opportunity just to vent. It's not healthy, this. Well, life's very selfish, actually, if you think about it. Well, like, good uh, good observation, Mariam. I didn't think of it like that. But you're absolutely right. That's cold truth, that, bro. Anyway, that's facts. Hashtag facts. Okay? Hashtag facts. Because I'm, I'm Generation Z now. But that, All right. So once they have uh, prostrated, I know that I'm going to do the fear prayer later. But I just want to make it clear that you guys all understand. Okay? Okay? When you pray the fear prayer, and the idea is, is that, you know, most people don't fight at nighttime in general, just so that you're aware, okay? And it's normally in the daytime, and people do take a rest. There's kind of unwritten, unspoken rules of war. But the prayer is normally cut down to two. And there's two raka'ah dhuhr, two raka'ah asr, obviously, two raka'ah isha. Maghrib is three. And Maghrib is some big discussion whether it should be prayed two or three in states of war. And whether, and it, don't even open that now. Just keep it simple to uh, thingy. Rah, Sarah, why, why? Sarah, why? Why, why, Sarah? Is that true? They dropped hashtags, yeah? They don't do... Oh, right. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, but look, it's completely virtual. Have you seen the new the new skills that they can do this to a virtual bookshelf? Pretty good, right? Um, <laughs> so what happens in the two raka'ah prayer is that you as the imam start, Okay. And the first group comes with you and they stand with you in the prayer. And you start the first rakah and you do all sajda, all per normal. You go for ruku, sajda, everything. And then you stand back up, all right, for the next rakah. But me as the imam, I basically remain there like this. I stand there saying nothing. At the beginning of Fatiha, I'm just waiting. And the first line behind me, the first group behind me, they now actually finish their prayer by themselves. So they pray the second unit and they do record, they do sujood, and they sit down and they go, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah. They get up and they go. The next group now comes. All right? This is in the version of when the enemy is in front. Okay? And then... Um, the people then, the, the, the when the enemy is in front of you, it's not this one here. When the enemy is in front of you, then we can't afford to have this kind of you know situation. So then the other group then comes and it starts the their first rakah with your second. So you will now basically carry on. Now, once you're aware that everybody's you know there and in front of you and behind you, okay, and they give you a little tap and say, right, we're ready. Then I, I'm now already in my second rakah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I finish off my second rakah. I go for a call, go sujood, all of us together. And then when I say Allahu Akbar from sajda, I remain seated in seated in the tashahud position. And those guys stand up. They stand up. They finish off their second rakah. They come and sit down. And then they're reading their tashahud. And then over there, it's, I'm doing my tashahud. And we say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah together. So I started with the first group and I end with the second group. 
Does that make does that make it clear? In this ayah, the version of which is being said, the enemy is in front, and we can't afford to drop guard. And so what happens is that the first group, what they do is that 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 um, uh, I lead the prayer. The first group is there, and then they actually start praying. We all start praying, and what happens is that the other group, the the group behind, they don't make sajda. They don't they don't put their head down. So they're standing all the time like this, keeping an, an eye on the people at the front when the, the people in front of them, the line in front of them are in, in sujood. And only when they stand back up again, the first line stands up as well, and they're now standing holding their weapons. Yeah? The second line now comes forward and it now goes into sajda. And now the line that already made sajda, they are now keeping an eye so that you know these guys can make sajda basically right do you realize that all this time i was looking at that damn wrong camera my apologies guys you see i'm all over the place there's my camera that's not working and i'm i'm here sorry I, uh, my 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 apologies i'm explaining to demonstrating to bakwaski and the camera where there is no cameras here so the second uh, uh, group then they now go into sajda and the first line of people they are uh, guarding them and then they both stand up and when they're both standing up then obviously there's no way that the enemy can 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 you know can uh, uh, get in and so then the imam starts a second so in actual fact i want you to know that when the enemy is in front the 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 group start with the imam and finish with the imam now now just so that you realize okay some Varying opinion, even though it's not popular, but I, 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 there's certainly the opinion that I hold, and I doubt any scholar today would disagree. This worked at a time when warfare was based upon close combat, right? Spears had a length, arrows had a length, etc., etc. This is not going to work in the age of bullets. This is not going to work in the age of missiles and explosions and so on and so forth. So today's fear prayer would not take this this uh, this form unless the form of the battle would allow it, unless the form of the fight would suggest some kind of safety from distance. You hear what I'm saying? Then, of course, you would fulfill this one because it's a Quranic injunction. All right. So, فَإِذَا سَجِدُوا فَلْيَكُونُ مِوَرَائِكُمْ أُخْرَى لَمْ يُصَلُّوا all right. So then another group now comes, as I was giving the example before. Then let the other group, which has not yet prayed, then come. Right. Then let them pray with you also on their uh, on their guard and armed with their weapons. Okay. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has commanded the group, right, to split into two groups. And it indicates that the fard, uh, the fard prayer is a single, uh, 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 not single, an individual obligation. It's an individual obligation. Okay. So I think yeah, I don't. This is what I was worried about, Sumer. I don't want to get into the fear prayer because that's Daniel a whole different chapter, and we're going to cover it later. So let's leave that. And what I want to say about the uh, videos that you've seen. All right that um, a lot of the kind of applications of the classical fear prayer of the Qur'an in 
modern times like the Bosnian Jihad, okay, have been from advantage positions where it's kind of like a cross between a guerrilla warfare and two kind of things, two, two, two uh, enemy and the, the, the aslot and the enemy facing off as opposed to that, right? So it's like often we're, we're holding a high position and the enemy's there, but they're like miles away, whatever. And so the fear prayer then is prayed in that sense. Or like a lot of the Bosnian videos, what you're seeing is that the fear prayer is being prayed, but there is actually no immediate enemy. And therefore they're praying the version in which the enemy is not in front of them, but they know that they're in, in the surroundings. So that is, is, is actually the classical application. The reason I made that point about, you know, machine guns, I'm talking about if you are facing the enemy right bang on and they, you know, you wouldn't do this kind of prayer. In fairness, even the fuqahat that's sticking to this would say, um, would not say that you'd go and pray the jama'ah. Because that is then, we already have hadith about that. The Prophet of course, in uh, uh, one of the ghazawad, cursed the kuffar because they kept him from praying all day. Let alone individual prayer, let, leave congregational prayer. They weren't even able to pray individually. And that was the single time that the Prophet ﷺ combined the Dhuhr, the Asr, Maghrib, Isha all together at the end of the day because it was non stop fighting, non stop hand to hand combat, whatever, no seconds. So, therefore, um, uh, 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 you know, it's not, it's not, it's not something which always had the fair prayer is not always something that has to be established in the way that we think. All right. Um, so, Sheikh says, why is this Fardain? Why is this a Fardain? It's a Fardain because number one, if it was a Fard Kifai, Fardain means an individual obligation, as we said before, something which is specifically and aimed at the individual. That's what the Ain means specifically. And Fard Kifaya means the congregational, communal obligation, where it's enough, yani yakfi, kifaya, it's enough for just a few people to do it on behalf of the rest. So as long as someone gets the job done, right? As the as the fuqaha said, in a fard ain, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks to the individual when it comes to the action. In a fard kifaya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks to the action when it comes to that uh that, that that act that he is requiring to be done. So in the scenario of Salatul Fajr, he wants every person to offer Salatul Fajr. He doesn't he's not looking so much at the Salatul Fajr, he's looking at every person whether they're doing it. In the Fard Kifaya, like the like the Janaza prayer. Allah is not looking to the janazah prayer, is not looking to the individuals to see whether they all pray the janazah prayer, but he wants someone to offer the janazah prayer. It's the prayer which is being focused on. So in the ain, the individual, and that's why the ain, whereas in the kifaya, it's enough, yani, whoever does it, yakfi, yani. So, so let's, yeah. So that's the idea where it comes from linguistically. So why is it a fard ain? Because as, as because Sheikh Uthameen says that if it was a fard kifaya, then the first group prayed on behalf of the Muslims, right? The first group prayed on behalf of the Muslims. Why then did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, well, ta Lam Then let another group that has not prayed come to pray. Khalas, if it's fortified, then we've done it. Imagine if it was a janaz, imagine this was a janazah prayer. Would we say, right? Now that you've prayed the janazah prayer, I want you to go around the knock on the doors again and find a second group now that are going to pray the janazah prayer. No, you wouldn't. Because it's for the kifaya. And enough people have prayed the janazah prayer. So the congregational prayer, as Sheikh Uthameen said, is clearly not a fard kifaya based upon this ayah. All right. So that's from the Quran. From the Sunnah, there are many evidences. 
from them. We've covered some of these already. Hadith Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that, you know, لَقَدْ هَمْتُ أَنْ آمَرُ فَتُقَامْ That, you know, it really kind of bothered me that I want to, it really, this really bothers me. I want to command for the prayer and let the iqamah be established. And once everybody, and the whole point by this statement is that once the iqamah is established, that means that all the late latecomers are in. We've now gone beyond the realm of, of uh, the, uh, uh, the the latecomers, basically. What, 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 I want you to know that, you know, people, unlike today, unlike today, where there's a lot of people that are very comfortable coming very late. People don't really come late to the prayer. All right. And there used to be a real big emphasis on being there for takbiratul ihram, even though you technically don't need to be. So I just want you to know that when the Prophet is saying that I want it to be established, all right, and the iqamah to be established and to be just about to be started, that's because pretty much everybody's going to be there. Otherwise, people will come before. Remember that people are making dua between adhan and iqamah. People are praying two raka'ah before the adhan and the, between the adhan and iqamah. People are there early. So soon and there to be early. Okay. So, um, when we're looking at the uh, uh, companions early, they're obviously all going to be there. But latecomers are probably given time. He said, "I wish I, 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 I really it bothers me. I want to uh, command the prayer, get it established. Then I want to take some of the lads, and we're going to go and collect the wood, and um, and I make sure someone is going to lead the prayer in my place, and uh, go and find those ila uh, ila uh, Go find those people that don't attend the prayer. And I then burn their houses down. We've spoken about this hadith before. Hadith which is uh, one, two, two would indicate. I'll give you the exact number just in uh, case. Uh, hadith number 644. Yeah, because this hadith is one of the famous hadiths from Bukhari. So hadith one, uh, this is page 134 of the Sharh. Okay. Um, so uh, Bukhari. Uh, Sheikh Uthameen said, بذلك, yani he, really, he really wanted to do that. Yeah, he really, really wanted to do that. But he didn't do it. But the reason that he didn't do it. Now, if you remember last time that we covered this hadith, I said that the fact that he didn't do it is one of the reasons why the scholars who said Sunnah Mu'akkada, that this is not Farda'ain, is this hadith. They use this hadith as well. And they said, but he didn't do it. But he didn't do it. If it was obligatory, then he would have done it. But he didn't do it. Right? And that means it's not obligatory. You, you've got to go, but it's not obligatory. It's not sinful. It's a clear, highly emphasized sunnah. Otherwise, he would have done it. So that's the argument of a few of the scholars. Sheikh Uthameen, a response to this point, he goes, he didn't do it. Okay? Not because the prayer is not obligatory. Okay. Because if it was not obligatory, it's not right for him to say this kind of phrase. Otherwise, it would then be lahu, pointless talk. Right? It would be pointless talk. Lahu. Gossip, not gossip. Chit chat. Yeah, chit chat. It will be chit chat. And if you're going to be saying that the Prophet does chit chat then yeah, I need to get your seat ready in the hellfire then you know because that's the I need, you know what I mean the Prophet doesn't do chit chat doesn't lie doesn't create drama yeah he would not have said that what actually prevented him 
what actually prevented him from burning the houses down. And here's the interesting point, folks. So he's saying, Allahu A'lam. So he recognizes that this is his own call. And he is his own call. That's why the scholars differed, right? That's why you have ijtihad. That's why you have madahib. He's making a judgment call on this, yeah? I think that, to be honest, the other argument has some strength. But I think what he says as well is good as well. He said, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, but no one is allowed to punish by fire except the Lord of fire. That's his argument. Nobody is allowed to punish by fire except the Lord of fire. وَإِن كَانَ قَدْ رَوَى الْإِمَامُ أَحْمَدُ أَنَّهُ قَالْ لَوْلَ مَا فِيهَا مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالذُرِّيَّةِ He goes, even though, in fairness, Imam Ahmed has a version of this hadith which is narrated in his Musnad, okay, um, in which he says that I wish that I would go and burn down the houses of the people um, who don't attend the prayer, burn those houses down. I would have done that, except but except it has women and children in there. It has women and children in there. So he's kind of given the reason why. Problem here, folks, from a point of hadith studies, is that there's only one narration or one version of this hadith as a narration that has this ziyada, this increase in the text. And this increase in the text is actually weak. Now, is it really weak or is it just Shaykh Uthameen who's saying it's weak? I have to tell you that it's not the strongest from a standard point of view. And I think that the argument that it's weak is a good one. Now, I'm the wrong person for that because i also not very positive towards those ahadith that keep insisting that women are always at home. That's for me an indication, but that's going to go beyond the the, 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 the the scope of this class and the scope of this hadith study. But I just want you to know that those who do criticism of the scholars who do criticism of hadith, not just based upon the Senad, but based upon the Metan as well. Okay. Well, they are, uh, uh, they would say that, you know, to look at both angles. But basically, what I'm saying is that I don't think that this is an authentic uh, aspect of the hadith. Anyway, Sheikh Uthameen says this increase in hadith is weak. We don't even need it. We don't need to refer to it. He didn't burn the houses down and it wasn't because of women or children or anything. It's because he doesn't punish by fire because he's not allowed to punish by fire. All right. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala burns, not inside. It's not allowed. By the way, I mentioned this. I'm, I'm saying this now because I don't think yeah, after what Saudi do to us, yeah, when we make these things public, but I will say in private, it's not private. This goes out as well. People want to spread it then they will spread it but the muslim use of bombs right is something which is highly highly uh, uh, uh problematic i wrote a facebook post about this about Saudi's bombing of yemen and uh whatever and yeah i need to give a shout to the authorities there minus the whole bakwas of it all and the whole corruption of it all and the whole yani, aspects of all the leaders and all what they're doing and who they're fighting and iran and and Saudis and blah blah take all the politics out of it just Yanni folk which as you know it is complete kufr I don't want to make into fear of all of them but yeah I want to make into fear of all of them but anyway that's just boring forget that and the zulm that goes on but just simply the reason I mention this is because you find so many even of their scholars 
right, supporting what they're doing, right? I'm not even going to judge you for your politics. But what about your fiqh, yani? How do you, are you supporting the use of this indiscriminate bombing, bombing, let alone nuclear weapons? Thank you. Yeah? As a deterrent is something else. And to save people is something else. But to, to subjugate people in this in this way is a shocker. It's a shocker. The amount of death, whatever, whatnot. And the kuffar, they, will do, they want to do it, let them do it. Don't worry, man. People are worried about, you know, if they we don't do it, then they do it. Let the kuffar do it. We have standards, bro. Bro, are you kidding me? Anyone who studied, yani, you know, some of, um, well, Tafsir Surah Imran, for example, and other classes where we're speaking about the art, the tadabbur of certain verses, will notice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited riba in, in the middle of the ayat of jihad. You know? And so on, and so on, and so on, right? That it's easy for us to go and take credit and get all the weapons back in the day I'm talking about. But we had standards. The Prophet ﷺ, when he's marching on Badr, on Uhud especially, uh, Khandaq especially, lots of Jews around the that had the ability to lend money and to supply weapons and this and that. But we're not part of that trade because it's not, because for the Muslims, it's not all about the winning. Winning is a, is a, is a good part. I, I want to make it clear that it's not about dying as well. Those who studied uh, um, uh, art, right? Those who have studied art. By the way, if you've not studied art yet, or you know people who have not studied, studied art, they need to know that next, not next week, because we're now in the middle of the American one. Forget that. But the, 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 well, actually, they can still join this one because there's better times than the, the week after. But the week after, all right, that is uh, the last one, but it's really early. It's like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, UK time. Um, but if you haven't, that's the last one. And you really do need to uh, uh, take a class like that so that you understand the key principles, not just the, the Quran, Tadabbur, whatever, but the key principles as well. And we are people of the process. It's not about dying and it's not about living. It's about the process. See, people thinking it's about dying, it's all about Shahada. No, it's not all about Shahada, right? It's not all about shahada. Otherwise, there would be no such thing as a ghanima. There would be no praising of the people who go back. There would no be the Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not speak about those that are going and staying behind to teach the others. What do you think that the aim of this life is? It's for everybody to die. <laughs> right? So it's not yani, uh, the aim is not to die. And the aim is not to all just live and just, yani, you know. Uh, my point is, is that, uh, uh, sorry, and my point is not for all of them just to die and us to survive. So it's not for us to die in any way and it's not survive at all costs so that we basically rewrite the sharia and we take being subjugated. We don't, you know, I'm in the middle of one thing so I'm not even explaining it properly but I think that you understand, all right? Because it's the truth. We are the people of the process. It's about the process, all right? It's about the process. When people understand that, when Muslims understand that, it will change their lives. We are being judged on everything that we do. Because we know that our consequence and objective is not in this life. Whether we think it's to die or whether we think it's to live. Sorry, Baji. I, my apologies, man. It's the laptop and I don't know why. I really don't know why. We will make, we will do better for next week, inshallah. All right. Now, um, another hadith, Sheikh, now goes into quite a few hadith for evidences. Um, again, we mentioned some of these hadith before. Um, the Prophet ﷺ was um, a blind man came to the Prophet ﷺ and 
uh, asked for permission to not attend the masjid because of his blind and he's got to walk and order everything. And then he goes, okay, but then he goes, hold on, can you hear the adhan? He said, yes. Then he goes and respond to the adhan, meaning you go to the masjid, make your way, find people, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, I don't need to give references to these because I gave references to these before, like a couple of lessons ago um, in Bukhari as well. Um, and then the hadith, which is narrated in the Sunan, that the Prophet وسلم, said that whoever hears the, the call, meaning the adhan, فَلَمْ يُجِبْ فَلَا صَلَاةَ لَهُ إِلَّا مِنْ عُذْ Whoever hears the adhan and does not respond to it, then there is no prayer for him except if he has an excuse. This hadith is narrated by Ibn Majah and it is not the most authentic of hadith. However, it was authentic, authenticated by Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani. Okay? I say that because normally when a hadith is narrated by Imam al-Hakim, just for those people who are students of hadith, and it has been narrated by Imam al-Hakim. This is a hadith narrated by Ibn Majah, by the way, 793. It's also been narrated by Imam al-Hakim, volume 1, 245. Ibn Hajar al-Haytami is the one who normally uh, uh, is working on the Mustadrak of al-Hakim. However, this hadith was authenticated by the Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani. Do you know, I told you guys I went to his grave. You know that I haven't had one second to myself yani, since I last speak to you about that. Yeah. You know, talking about Facebook and things like that, social media. I don't even get opportunity to open it. I was in Telegram today and someone told me, Yanni, that, that the Facebook video was the thing. I sent it to them. I sent, to the, I sent the video because Danish here sent it to me. But I just don't even get time to open up the, the social media anymore. Life is crazy busy these days. So anyway, um, uh, so once said Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani authenticated this hadith. And I think it's good. I think this hadith is good. So that's the third hadith that we're using as an evidence. Each one you can see very clear. There is very little space for people trying to blag not attending the obligatory prayer. The fourth hadith, sorry, the fourth um, argument is, I mean, Danish, for you as well. I know you're busy as well and you do, some, you do, great, do great things with your time. People should know. By the way, can I just tell everybody, go and check out on Facebook or on YouTube the um, Danish's video the uh, Umrah behind the scenes documentary. It is honestly brilliant. So good. So good. Especially the beginning. Especially the beginning. Jodri, by the way, you've got you've become an international superstar, by the way. All right. So as for the action of the companions, this is something very interesting. All right. The action of the companions, as what occurs in Sahih Muslim, um, on the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said, لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُنَا يَعْنِ الصُّحَابَ مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ سَلَّمُ مَا يَتَخَلَّفُ عَنَهَا إِلَّا مُنَافِقْ مَعْلُومُ النِّفَاقِ I hear this hadith, honestly, man, it's a killer. He goes, man, if you had seen us, when we're, uh, يعني, he's, he's doing what I do, basically, Generation Z. <laughs> he goes, if you had seen us, يعني, when we were of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم praying, يعني, there would be no one missing from the jama'ah except a munafiq that was 100% guaranteed munafiq. Yeah? That's the only person that would not be in the jama'ah. Meaning we know. Okay? We know. If you're not there, okay, you are full out. Um, and, you know, it used to be such a gathering. And, you know, there'd be not a single bit of space. People would come. 
and so desperate to join and so desperate to be part of the barakah of the jama'ah that he will come and he will basically separate between people to force himself in because there's no space. Yeah? In the prayer line. Just trying to get in. That's how yani, many people would come. Hadith uh, 654 in Sahih Muslim. Okay? Um, and that shows yani, their concern, Shaykh Uthameen says. And it shows that they consider it to be obligatory. And it shows that they used to consider to with those who avoid coming any to be a big munafiq and a big nifaq sign. And then Shaykh Uthameen speaks about what I told you that I, I was starting about. Yani there are masalih and manafiq, there are benefits, wisdoms, there are uh, opportunities for different things. Uh, he, for, he lists a few here. I'm just going to take them in, in uh, random. Oh, no, I'll, I'll take them in order he does. Num number one, increases the love between the people. Okay, because you and that's that's just a fact. You are closer to the people in the masjid. I'm closer to the people in my masjid, by the way. Yeah, and I believe that. I believe that the way that we're going to revive this the da'wah and do the da'wah is to encourage people to come to the masjid, and you make the masjid a really nice, friendly, warm place. Yeah, I think that that. Uh, uh, um, I mean, I've spoken about this before. About the issue of, um, you know, women. One of the disadvantages that a lot of women have when they become married. You know, we spoke about the kind of the difference in the Islamic development between men and women. This is one of the problems that women are not being encouraged to go. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking when kids are around. I mean, before kids. And so the men hook up with like-minded guys, and it's really a nice evening. You know, always is. Even the mornings. And there's a real kind of special kind of, you know, rapport and whatever, uh, camaraderie, and, and the women just don't have that. You know, especially those that don't have a kind of practicing circle or, when it, or whatever. There's a lot of things to think about. Um, and then number two, you start to be, understand, uh, um, uh, uh, you start to understand the situations of your people as well. So you get to be aware of who's regular, who's not, and then those, if you uh, have regular people coming and then the one that's not regular, then you can give him special attention, the gharib person, and then uh, also those that don't uh, come, uh, then, uh, uh, you know, because there's some kind of problem, then you can then look after that person because you go to their house and say, hey, I didn't see you at the jama'ah. That's normally what happens, right? That's not, By the way, that's how we keep in touch with people. I don't know about you lot, right? So, you know, we're always like, I ain't seen so and so. Where is he? What's going on? That is the way it works. Now, let's say that you restrict yourself only to Al Maghrib classes, which is happening every three or four months. Imagine, Yanni, that you're stopping, you're only noticing a person missing because he misses the three, four month Yanni interval. Social media is the way that is done now when people don't post for a while. Would I, would I, would I be right in saying that for most people, I mean, it depends upon the people, if they're posting every single day, Right, then it's like a week, right? If they're posting every every day, then I think if you don't post for a week, then people are worried how they are. People are not worried about how I am, I am because I don't even get a chance to post even a month, yani, let alone thing. And people know that, so they're not thinking, oh, sugar, where is he? But I remember back in a day that when I used to be posting every day and I used to enjoy it, whatever, then it, there'd be like a week would go by and I'm getting phone calls, yani, from family saying that your auntie so and so said to me, yeah, why have I not seen it? Yeah, it was like a madness, bro. Are you kidding me? Everything's fine, bro. Just, just a bit busy, that's all. So I want you to know that we do have these artificial kind of things that make us check upon people. Nothing comes close to the masjid because it's multiple times a day. 
Think about that. It's a really beautiful social kind of opportunity. It really is. It really, really is. Okay. It is, yeah, uh, it genuinely is a, a huge problem, Sari. You're right. And we're not encouraging the women, let alone giving them spaces. It's true. Marina says that a country where I've had the nicest reception in the masjid is in Egypt. Felt judged nearly everywhere else. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't think that it's a country thing. I don't think it's a people thing. It's a community thing. I was just speaking to my cousin. My cousin's visiting at the moment. And my actual first cousin, which is a very rare thing. And we were speaking about, you know, our masjid in CMA and Makki masjid. And we've been praying in Shahbord and masjid, the, the Bengali one next door. And I said, it's, it's no, it's no um, surprise that the masajid that are more difficult to integrate into or feel less comfortable, on the whole, and there's many exceptions as well, are those that are known in the community by their ethnicity. That's the Pak Mosque, that's the Somali Mosque, that's the XYZ Mosque. Yeah? I'm not saying this is a golden rule, but it does kind of. Whereas those mosques which are known by group names or sect names or whatever, or a name of the mosque, they have a more better kind of reception. Like... So even though you've got Makki next to uh, Sharp Oran, nobody's calling Sharp and Makki a Pak mosque, even though the people probably are majority Pak, right? They're calling it the Al Hadith mosque, or they're calling it Makki mosque because it's such a, a mix of people. And therefore, people feel more welcome. And there's different languages being said and different community things going on. And CMA obviously very much like that. And the American and the Canadian message, you know. I'm telling you, Marina, I bet you've not spent much time in any of the masajid in the in the in Canada and America. They have the nicest reception. Because the people are just chilling, man. Compared to the UK, UK's a ghetto. Unless you're you're either in that ghetto or you're not. But there's obviously many things. And I love what Mariam said that the message should be a place to build families. Honestly, I mean certainly where I built my family, everybody should be taking their kids from young. And I don't believe in the threes and the fours. That's nonsense. I'm a seven and eight and nine and ten. And then every day kind of thing. Yeah, that's for me. Um, yeah, I would have actually, I'm surprised that you didn't find New York kind of, you know, yeah, I would have thought that, that, you know, it would, it would have been more. And Shazia, you know, you would know really well because obviously you live in London and you've been in Leicester. In Leicester, they're very ghettoized, those mosques. I would have guessed that it's like a non-existent women experience or even just horrible. And therefore, for you, Florida would have been like the most biggest culture shock ever. You know what I'm saying? Hi, Wickham, man. You got wise and stuff. You know what I'm saying? All right? So, yeah. I don't need to talk about that. We don't need another rant. But, yeah. So, the, the third one is what I said. Okay? This breed must used to be, man. Losing it, Maysara, to be honest. What happened to you coming to the CMA, man? Did you move, uh, Mesara, or not? What happened? I haven't seen you there, not what, who? You didn't tell me. Was it, did you not say you're moving close to Cheeto? Cheeto's a buzz, bro. And when the new one is done, then, you know, mashallah. Yeah, Old Trafford. Yeah, Old Trafford's not great, man. Not not, not, not too great. Are we at one hour seven, yeah? Let me just finish this point, guys. Come on, give me a second there. Come on. Oh, so many. Hold on, what's happened here? Okay, it is a bit much. Let's finish off this page at least. So he's goes that so it, your 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 uh 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 you know it's it's thingy it's uh it's um uh promoting the rights of the Muslims. Okay, 
it's showing the people the the the, the Muslims. It's 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 uh, uh, the ritualistic yani, side of Islam. People are aware of it. It's becoming it gets promoted. Um, you know, uh, uh, he he says something here, and I want you to know, right? That this is just just imagine this, right? He says, because if the people just all prayed at home, then no one would know about prayer. I want you to just imagine that, yeah, is because we are taking our prayer outside our homes that so many people even know what a prayer is. How many times do I speak to non-Muslims? Speaking to a couple of non-Muslims the other day, actually. All right, I had a meeting with some uh, some big people in one of the sport clubs, yeah, uh, to try and convince them to do some stuff. And I said, what do you know about the prayer? He goes, yeah, I, I saw it. I saw a group of people praying. Pray. Yeah, and it, it is that it is attitude and us doing it in the midst of the people, whether in our mosques or not, or in Eids or in gatherings, whatever, that actually indicates the people about the prayer. It's, a, it's facts. Green name, Masjid Zindabad, big time. No, I said, not yet, man. Not yet. Won't be a while. No, I don't think this year. Next year, inshallah. I think that end of like a new academic year, Maysara. Yeah. Then you can move out, move out of Old Trafford. Come on, we're moving in Old Trafford for a while. Right. Um, number four, he goes that it shows the power of the Muslims. Okay. This going in, going out, yani, you know, it shows yani, some real real strength and uh, whatever. Another one is that it, it's a, it will uh, educate those that don't know. Ta'limul jahil. So it's an opportunity to learn, you know, without any cost or any hassle. Just go there and watch the people pray and you can ask and learn and or, uh, uh, you know, um, you can copy the one who's next to you if you don't know anything, right? And then let alone learn actual properly. Yeah, I think that we'll uh, we'll, we'll close it there because there is quite a, a few points uh, left there to cover. My apologies, folks, for the late start this morning, this evening, even. I don't know, man. You know, the camera was so dead because it's been off for a while. So I don't know if that's the reason. And uh, obviously, the reason that the volume's not great, I don't know why the re reason that the volume's not great, to be honest. But uh, it's not got the microphone. But inshallah, we'll get it sorted. Um, all right, so we'll take a couple of questions from any folks that are, uh, 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 you know, that, uh, that, whoa, my goodness. Ambrose was amazing. Ambrose was so nice. A um, couple of things. Number one. Logical progression will start, inshallah, in September, inshallah, in Chiro Masjid. All right? I say that now. Allah knows best. Number two, really important. Dominion, September, uh, 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 February the 26th. Okay? Saturday, February 26th. Guys, I don't care where you are. That is where it becomes lit again. We're all meet up again in person, and I've got some updates to a presentation on the story of Sulaiman alayhi salam and Dawood a little bit as well. So I'm going to make it a bit longer. Don't tell the people on the Maghrib though. <laughs> a really nice big place, uh, rec center or what used to be the rec center. Anyway, it's on Al Maghrib's website. February 26th, get you down to your way down to Birmingham. It's going to be a big hookup for all the people that I haven't seen. So I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone in public. And uh, we can all chill yani, together afterwards as well. Always love to the LP crew. So remember that, okay? Dominion is a return of the first Al-Maghrib live event after two years. So that we're going to want to make it as big and bold as possible. Family and kids and just everything and everybody. So let's get, get that out there. All right. Uh, that's that. Ha Umrah. 
Omar was full last week. But what they've been able to do is that a couple of people then came afterwards and they were able, they went back to the airlines and they're able to buy each of them individual tickets. So there's still some places left, yeah, and in the extra rooms that they've booked. But the books, the rooms are not weren't part of the original plan anyway. The 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 the, 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 the flights that go with the group are sold out, but the new flights that they're getting are actually with the same group. So there's still space in the Umrah. And have a look at the video that Danish sent out, and you realize that it is really, really nice if you've got the money and you've got the time. Because if you've got the money, you've got the time, then there's nothing better. That's March 2nd till March 12th. The third is that art. Art is one more uh, iteration that's starting next two weeks. If you want to join this one, then you've got to catch up with the videos that we did last week. And then this weekend is the second weekend. You can do that. Go to almagrib.org slash art and choose the West Coast class, the West Coast. Okay. And therefore you're fine. If not, then you go to the one which is after. By the way, Paradise Portfolio, the specialist class on Zakai is going to come back, inshallah, just in the last weekend before Ramadan. I just want to put that out there. Finally, Aqsa is live. But I did tell the social media folks, don't post it. The reason I did that, I'm going to be honest with you. The reason I've done that is because I want to restrict it as much as possible to folks that have got some skin in the game, meaning those that really want to go, not those that need to be convinced. Because, you know, a lot of the videos are very nice and emotional and you just kind of, you know, you might have zero connection. You say, oh, I want to go. I, you know... Uh, the, the, the program is an intense one, right? The one that I do, the Tarbiya program for Aqsa is an intense one, meaning that it's really deep diving into the Jews, the Christians, in, you know, it's dramatic. It's not dramatic, it's, uh, what's the word? Intense, yeah, intense, intense. Emotionally intense and intellectually intense. And, you know, the people who benefit from that are those that are all on some kind of... Uh, um, uh, they're on the same page. You know what I mean? Honestly, if I was to think right now the best trip that I've ever taken, I would probably say it was my last Aqsa trip. And there's a few of the people here on this uh, class here, LP right now, Sabra, and uh, obviously her family was there as well. Nearly every single person was part of previous groups and LP students and what and and that's why we enjoyed it so much because it was really satisfying intellectually so I think tomorrow or the day after tomorrow it'll go out into the public and then it will be it will be gone because then they'll jump on it because you got all these kind of you know blah 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 but so yeah look into that that's March 31st the idea is that you go for two days and enjoy and it with its sweets and its food and it's this and it's that. Even though it's got breakfast and dinner at the hotel. But I mean, you know, in between. Just to get the culture and the feel of what it's like in normal times. Then we see in Ramadan. And then we start Taraweeh and get two, three Taraweeh. And I personally think that Taraweeh in, in Aqsa is the best outside of your favorite mosque. Wherever your favorite mosque is in your in the world. But it's certainly better than Haramain. All right. Allah knows best. I think I've covered everything that from my side. All right, ladies and gentlemen, couple of questions. Please don't kill us, Mesa. We'll just do the questions that are here, and that's it. 
Um, in my town where I live, we have one Brelvi mosque, but there is a new community center opened, ran, etc., by Muslims with the aim to become a masjid, inshallah. At the moment, they are reading three jama'at a day. They need the people. Is it okay, preferred to read in a new place with the intention that it eventually becomes a full time mosque? It is okay to pray in this new place, okay, for the time being, but I don't want to speak about this subject because we're going to be covering it in detail in the next few weeks. But it is okay for you to pray there, okay, bro? It is okay. Um, I've just come back from holidays. Welcome back, Kamran Hussein. And you've been catching up on seven or eight of these classes and it's been missions. You have my heartfelt condolences, Yanni, for having to sit through me on the way back from holidays. Miserable enough, Yanni, coming back from holiday without Yanni. You have to bug up my monkey face. All right. Anyway, I had three questions. You mentioned that there are no separate salah for the masjid, but you would pray to sunnah before sitting down as a mark of respect for the masjid. So... Could you combine this niyyah with, say, the sunnah before salah? Is that the correct understanding? And if so, can you read full sunnah of Dhuhr as respect? The answer is yes, exactly that. The tahiyyatul masjid is this respect prayer that you're calling, the mark of respect. And any units cover it, whatever they are, whatever other reason. As long as you recognize that you don't sit down in a mosque unless you pray. Whatever the prayer is, it doesn't matter, but you've got to pray. And you'll always find a reason to pray something. And if you can't find a reason, then you make two units. For no reason. And that's called the two rakah of Tehated Masjid. Because you couldn't find another reason. Because it's not a prayer time. You went at 10 o'clock at night. There was prayers all gone. You're just chilling. Etc. Etc. Under the Hanafi Madhab. It is acceptable to pray Sunnah when entering the Masjid during Zawal. Right before. Is it? Sorry. Acceptable to pray Sunnah when entering the Masjid during Zawal. Right before the Jum'ah Khutbah. But the Khutbah hasn't started. As far as I know, in the, Han in the Hanafi school, it's not acceptable. As far as I know. Okay? And I don't know how you'd get around it in their school. You'd have to find one of the Hanafi alims and check with them. But as far as I know. For Fajr, it is sunnah to read sunnah at home and fard in the masjid. If you did wudu at home, prayed your sunnah at home, and then straight away left for the masjid, do you pray two sunnah again in the masjid? No, you don't. And you try to come at a time where it's going to be straight into the obligatory prayer if you've already done the two sunnah at home, which is sunnah to do, right? If you got there too early, you'd stand, you'd make dua. And if not, then you can pray two rakat to masjid. And it's not the sunnah of fajr, it's just the two sunnah. But it should be avoided. You should try to avoid it. Okay? Those, Wallahu a'lam. Those who obligate the salah in congregation, do they set parameters as to the distance one lives? That's coming. Okay? That's coming, Hamza. Do we take the hadith of the category 70,000 people who enter paradise without account? Literally, or is there a deeper meaning to it? The scholars, they differed on that, okay? Some said that 70,000 means a lot. And some said that 70,000 is, is absolutely correct. And I have to say that in my early days, I used to believe that this hadith is referring to 70,000, meaning millions, meaning large number. But as I've grown older, my heart kind of is more kind of leaning towards 70,000 being actually 70,000. Allah knows best. I still think that the other opinion is stronger, but I started to feel a lot more that 70,000 could really be 70,000. And the reason I believe that is because to trust in Allah completely is about as difficult a thing as it gets. I think it will be a very, very chosen one or two people on the planet at any time that's going to get that. As I tell women to be patient and see that maybe their marriage is their door to Jannah, how do I respond when they ask that their barren, their bad marriage is impacting their children badly? 
from mum being always away in psychological stress and that coming out on the kids to kids actually being scared of the father beating the mother. So due to the children, they want to end the marriage. Thoughts, please. My thoughts are is that that's a valid call. If that, because that's not just normal stress, right? That's not just normal being patient in a marriage. That's serious, man. You know, a man beating a woman is always going to be serious. No, maybe I, I take that back. A man beating a woman maybe is not so serious because that's become quite normalized, unfortunately. But a man beating a woman in which other people become aware and yeah, open in front of the children, you know, that's a whole different level, right? So what I mean is that, you know, um, things can, you know, uh, there are mistakes which can occur. There are mistakes which can occur in a marriage between a man and a woman. Woman can sometimes lose it and grab a plate and throw it and miss and hit the guy, for example. We're talking divorce over that. Guy, yani, you can be shouting at woman. Woman goes, yeah, what are you going to do? You shut up. What are you going to do? Shut up. What are you going to do? You slap. That's what happens, man. You you don't break a, a, a marriage over something like that. All right? And uh, uh, this is not what you call a beater. The wife is not a thrower and the guy is not a beater based upon this. She cracked and he cracked. But, you know, in front of kids happening and continuously, so there is no response. What I'm saying, Umar Qayyaz, is that we mustn't, we, we have to get ourselves out of the mindset that we have to have an answer for this problem sorry we have to have a defensive answer to protect the marriage at all costs we've got to move out of that i don't believe that we're not christians as i said before right we're not catholics divorce is there for a reason some people are not meant to be together some children do suffer psychologically and it's not worth it i'm always you know when it comes to this and i'm advising people i'm not about them being married for forever I'm all about them being fully aware of what's going to happen. That's all I'm. That's all I care about. I just care about that. Listen, don't be a silly girl. Don't be a silly boy. Don't be naive that you think that you know the community is. You know, like like you know, you, know, you hear women that I'll be okay. The community will look after me. You know what I mean? Right? I don't have a house. I don't have this, that, whatever. Blah blah blah. You know. You just got to make what I'm talking about is that you've got to cover all your bases. You've got to know that if 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 you know that child support is not the the, the garden of Eden that you think it is. In this country, people do men do everything to get away with it and they lie to the authorities and they don't pay the money. And therefore, you thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna go and get a house on a council and then and then I'm gonna get child support. Bro. Yeah. So just don't assume anything. Get things in place. Get family in place. Get whatever in place. So my point is, is that yes, we 100% mustn't make things bigger than what they are. Try to protect the marriage as much as possible. But if there are serious problems and the kids are very much being affected, then we've got to protect that. Allah knows best. So my so to be honest, this was the wrong question to take on. It's a big question and I shouldn't take it on right now. Um, Because there's it's going to, yeah. We can do it another time, maybe on LP or something, on the group or whatever. Uh, if someone has a radio at that at home, is it an obligation to respond to it? You mean to go to the masjid? I think so. I think so. That, uh, that, that, for me, that a radio at that doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, because 
we're not giving the adhan out loud. So it doesn't matter whether you can hear it or not. Okay? So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. I understand women can read Quran without hijab, but often women put it on as a sign of respect for the Quran. Do you think it is a rewarding act to do so? Um, I have to say I am lenient on this, Safa. I do think that if a person has the intention to try and make themselves more modest in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I think that they will get more reward for it. But I would also say that if they feel that they won't relax as much and then enjoy the reading of the Quran because they're too formal and too, you know, prim and proper, then, you know, you've got to look at the wider picture. You've got to get benefit out of it. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Mariam, for putting the link there, by the way. It won't be recorded, Maisara. This is only a live experience, I'm afraid, Maisa. It's the whole point. We don't want anyone to be online at all. It is going to. There is not going to be doing in London. This is the whole point. This is done in the UK. We've done it in Scotland. Sorry, it's done in Aberdeen. It still hasn't happened in Scotland, I think. And it might happen in Scotland in next year. Maybe not this year. I doubt it. It's done in Manchester and done in London. It's not coming. I don't think so. It's coming. No, it's not coming. No. That's why travel down. Travel down. Forget, you know, whatever. Not online. We're definitely, definitely not going to be online. Okay. Uh... The manzil, guys, don't ask any more questions, okay? I, I did say that. Am I going to do Aksa later in the year? Possible, yes. My intention is to do it in the October, September, re, before it gets too cold. After October gets cold, man, it's horrible then when it gets cold. It really is. It's like proper cold. You might, by the way, if you want to look at some of the, there's <laughs> some fun, funny, if you look at some of the historic videos that we recorded, Yanni, that are on the Hajj with the E website, okay, you'll see some of them and we're sitting there with like five jackets on and jumpers and thing, and honestly, it looks so funny. I'm trying to teach and everybody's going, <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Anyway, um, about the manzil, in case you're not aware, in pack families, it's common to read a booklet with ayah from different segments of the Quran for protection against calamities. Does it have any reality to it? Not from the Sunnah, no. But I, I'm, I'm flexible with the Qur'an being used in that way. But no. No, Fatima, it's not going to be online. Sorry. It's not going to be online. Oh, wow. Sarah has gone into a full thing. We'll come back to that in a minute. Um, no, the humble obligation won't be relaxed. And we will we will come to that as well. The meaning is not online. We did have it, Alina. We met there, didn't we? Yeah, in Edmonton. December is so cold in Aqsa. Are you kidding me, Ahlab? Are you kidding me? And Mesa has put the 125 up, so I will read this finally from Sarah. The humble justifications for the obligation of praying in from the Quran, Surah An-Nisa, verse 102, shows that even in war, the Prophet is commanded to lead a group in congregation and let those who didn't make the first congregation to pray a second congregation rather than just allowing people to pray individually. This shows that praying in a congregation is a farda'ain, applicable to each person individually. There are other wisdoms about congregational prayers which can be understood from this, such as this being a powerful show of strength to strike fear into the enemy. In application to non-war situations, this creates a social pressure to ensure that all people are remain connected to the masjids and the deen. From the sunnah, the hadith covered previously on burning the house of those who do not attend congregational prayers, Bukhari 64, is used to show that it is compulsory to attend. Some scholars argue that this hadith itself is proof that congregational prayers are highly recommended only, and not obligatory, I'd add only after recommended. Because the Prophet ﷺ did not actually burn their houses. Ibn Uthaymeen, however, said he didn't burn their houses because only Allah can punish with fire and Allah knows best. Ibn Maktoum asked the Prophet ﷺ, saying, Messenger of Allah, I'm a blind man, my house is far away, and I have a guide who does not follow me. Is it possible that permission be granted to me for saying prayer in my house? He asked, do you hear the adhan? He said, yes, I do not find any permission for you. 
So this is another evidence. Even in great difficulty, one should find a way to attend. The Prophet said, whoever hears the call and does not come, his prayer is not valid except for those with an excuse. And then in Hadith 654 of Sahih Muslim, Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, I have seen the time when no one stayed away from it except the hypocrite who was well known for his hypocrisy. Other wisdoms, it increases the love between the Muslims, creates a community and sense of camaraderie, promotes the rights of Islam and Muslims to the world, shows the power and strength of the Muslims, teaches the ignorant in a gentle and effective way. That's so nice, that, Tara. Awesome work. Awesome work. All right. What do you think of combining Aqsa with Umrah? Do it yourself. Why not? Why not? All right. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khaira. Is it alright for a masjid for masjid to have a recording of the adhan scheduled for the time of prayer? It's not good, man. We should be avoiding any recordings unless it's absolutely necessary, being forced or something. All right. Barakallahu feekum, guys. Take care. Shukran. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Shahadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.